0: vol nation welcome to episode eight of believe in tennessee football i'm your host as always kyler curbson today we're going to be recapping week seven of the sec also talking about jeremy pruitt possibly being on the hot seat my takeaways from that bad loss versus arkansas and where we see tennessee going moving forward let's start the show So, before we get into the show, just want to shout out our sponsors, Bet Online. Sports are in full swing. You might not be at the games, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. They got some uh, great uh, props and, and uh, make and miss cut for the Masters this weekend. Super excited about that. First time having the Masters in the fall, which is going to be very strange, but uh, so much fun to. To watch, I, I really miss it. That that uh, pandemic taking it away was was pretty sad. So excited about that. Uh, always put my money on Tiger. I can't help it, you know. Just growing up with how great he was is he's who I believe in. So uh, from game spreads, totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So go head on over to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Before we get into the bad loss to Arkansas, let's recap some of the other games that happened uh, in the SEC this week. First up, the Ain't Nobody Care game with uh vandy versus mississippi state couldn't believe it mississippi state is uh one and four and they were still 19 point favorites over vandy that's insane they suck mississippi state is so bad yet they were still almost 20 point favorites that's how bad vandy is mississippi state wins of course 17 to 24 um Vandy's quarterback seals. He was 31 of 46, 336 yards, one touchdown, and three interceptions. Uh, Henry Brooks, their running back, had 20 carries, 115 yards touchdown, and 11 receptions for 97 yards. So it seems like everything runs through him with Vandy. Uh, Mississippi State's uh, Rodgers was 35 for 46, 226 yards, one touchdown. And Heath, uh, their wide receiver, was nine receptions for 79 yards. So, this game was so boring. Um, You know, people might say our game was boring with a low score, but uh, Mississippi State only ran the ball eight times the entire game and still beat Vandy 17-24. Just, you know what they're going to do, and you still can't stop them. And Vandy had five turnovers. You're never going to win a game with five turnovers. So it was just not very good football watching that game. And, you know, I wish we had Mississippi State on the schedule this year and not Auburn or Texas A&M. They, you know, had a fluke win versus LSU, and LSU's not even that good this year. So their claim to fame is beating last year's national champion when, you know, They've lost everybody. So, uh, way to go, Mississippi State. <laughs> Good win over Vanderbilt. Next, the game of the week, Florida versus Georgia. Florida pulls away uh, big time with a 44-28 victory. Kyle Trask was 24-43, for 474 yards, four touchdowns, and one interception. Uh, Pitts had two receptions, 59 yards, and a touchdown. While Georgia uh, struggled offensively, Bennett was 5 for 16, 78 yards, a touchdown, an interception. Then Mathis came in, their backup. He was 4 for 13, 34 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Um, White uh, had 7 carries, 170 yards, 107 yards, sorry, and one touchdown. Florida's offense is scary good. Um... You know, I think they are set up to uh, beat Alabama. You have to have a really explosive offense to do that. Ole Miss was the only ones that were close to them in the first fourth quarter, just because of their offense. Ole Miss's defense is trash, so it really shows. It's it's an offensive game now. Um, nobody's playing defense anymore. I mean, not even. Pitts, uh, other wide receivers for Florida, are NFL talents making crazy catches in the end zones. And I I don't even see Pitts as a a tight end. I mean, he might be heavy enough for it. I think they have him at 260. But, bro, he looks like a wide receiver. There's, like, I I haven't seen him block at all. It's all about the route running. And if he's not scoring, he's creating the touchdowns. I mean, he's a decoy. Uh... The one scorer, I, th- I think it was Tony, had the reason why is because there was two guys trying to defend Pitts and they weren't even paying attention to him. So I mean, he creates so much offense, and Kyle Trask is just going off this year. I mean, playing insane, out of his mind. He's he, you know he's pulling the Joe Burrow where last year just coming out of nowhere and uh, playing crazy. But I mean, Georgia losing their starter, even though. You know, he started the season as, like, fifth-string quarterback. He was their starter going into the game. And when you lose your starting quarterback, it really messes up the flow of everything. That's exactly what happened to us. That's what happened to Georgia. They only scored seven points in the second half. They just weren't there anymore. They, they, they weren't on the same page. didn't know exactly what was going on. Um, and, I mean, there's... Plenty of examples. UT fans know about this. You know, the the Nathan Peterman's coming in. and We played Florida my redshirt sophomore year. Um, People were, you know, saying Worley wasn't playing well. We needed to make a switch. So they put Nathan in. He started versus Florida that year in, in Gainesville. And just completely didn't know what was happening. Didn't know what was going on. Fumbles telling the guys the wrong plays, just getting blown up in the backfield. And, you know, the offensive line came over and was like, hey, coach, like, you got to put Worley back in. Like, Nathan is not ready. He doesn't know what's going on out there. So, I mean, sometimes that's what it comes down to. It's just being knowledgeable out on the field and understanding the game. If you're a backup, there's a reason you're a backup. So Florida looks amazing. Uh, you know, I called it last week. I thought they were going to beat Georgia and, you know, be the ones in the SEC Championship versus Bama. And I think, you know, seeing what Georgia did versus Bama, Florida has the best shot uh, to beat Alabama in the SEC Championship. So Next game we have is Texas m versus South Carolina. Texas m crushes them 48-3. Uh, Mond was 16 for 26, 224 yards and four touchdowns. Texas A&M, he also had six carries, 34 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Spiller, their running back, had 18 carries, 131 yards, and two receptions for 46 yards. So they're very balanced offensively and, and really know what they're doing. Um, South Carolina's Hill had, was eight for 21, 66 yards, and two interceptions. Ended up getting benched. Uh, they tried two other guys, uh, you know, Obviously, he wasn't the best quarterback out there for him. You know, I was saying that you have to run the ball to have any chance at winning a game. Um, and they're just like us, you know. They're 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 missing a big time quarterback for him. So, uh, the you know Smith uh, for them had seven receptions, sixty four yards, one carry for six yards. And, you know, I'll get into more about the game uh, after we talk about the tennessee arkansas game just because we're playing texan texan next week Uh, but you know weidermeyer is a beast for texan and he went off also so uh yeah that's the sec recap now let's get into tennessee versus arkansas so the three big takeaways from this game one Decisions by Jeremy Pruitt, mostly talking about the field goal, going for it or not. The quarterback play on offense and defense falling apart in the second half. So first, let's start with the decision making of Jeremy Pruitt. After this loss, coming off a bye, you have two weeks to prepare. He is definitely on the hot seat. A lot of people... Are asking for him to be fired. He is being looked at in a completely different light than last season and in some ways it is warranted. Um, Now I know there's a lot of NCAA All-Americans and uh, Madden Super Bowl winners out there talking about analytics and and, uh, kicking the field goal and, and not going for it and all that stuff. I In no way do I think I'm as experienced or as knowledgeable as a head coach or understand exactly the nuances of when you do, when you don't. If I was playing in that game as a player, I would have said, let's go for it. Let's screw the field goal. Let's go for it on fourth down because I trusted myself as a player. And I always believe I'm very optimistic that way, which, you know, I'm, it shows on this podcast. I'm more optimistic than pessimistic, but I'm always thinking, "Hey, let's yeah, let's go for it." I trust myself. I trust the guys next to me. Let's do it. But in that situation, where you're at on the field, Samaklia has made two kicks already. He said in the post game that he was dealing with an injury. He looked completely fine to me. You have your third string quarterback in. Is this really the time to go for it? I mean, would you not trust your more experienced kicker who's already made two kicks? I think I would. What why wouldn't you kick the field goal? Let's get the points. Not to say we would have got the ball back. I mean, it could have been a completely different game. Kicking the ball off to him, then returning it, whatever. You know, a lot of different stuff happens. Hindsight is 2020, but I would say kick the field goal. I trust Brent Simaglia, I mean he made two field goals around the exact same distance earlier in the game you trust him to make it again it doesn't put you in such a awful spot too so that's really going to haunt him um, the only way to recover from this is to win some of these games coming up tough opponents of Texas A&M and Florida. If he were to win one of those games, it overtakes the bad decision making that he's had in the past. I, I mean, I would honestly believe that. So, whew, But that's a tough ask. No idea if he's going to be able to do that with the guys we have on the team and, and the way they're playing. I, I, I really don't know. Um... And I mean, offensively, when you lose your starting quarterback, even if it is not the best player on the planet, it messes up the flow of things. You're 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 out of sync. I mean, I've had it happen a few times while I was playing, and it's it's not the same. You're not used to their cadence. Um, they aren't comfortable back there. I, I mean, you saw it. I, The play of Maurer and Bailey showed us why Garantano has been playing this whole season. Garantano might fumble really easily and throw some dumb picks, but Brian Maurer almost threw a pick. It should have been an interception. And his other pass attempts, he was freaking out in the pocket. He he didn't know what to do. Wanted to run every time. He didn't trust himself and his arm and, and what he was seeing from the defense. And Bailey didn't trust himself either. Um, I mean, he ch- kept trying to take what the defense is giving him, but like understand the situation. Know that you're down by two scores. You you have to force the ball downfield. It literally came to a time where the clock stopped someone out of bounds finally he got a chance to go over to the sideline talk to the coach and they're like hey you have to force it downfield like push the ball as soon as he went over to the sideline talked to the coach and he said hey push it downfield he put like the next play we got down to the 15 yard line because he pushed the ball downfield i think it's just you know him being nervous not wanting to make a mistake and trying to just oh check down check down check down but he's a freshman he doesn't have that experience he doesn't understand the game uh totally and i think that right there and what mauer did explains why garantano's been playing but both of their skill sets are better than garantano's mauer has a stronger arm and better legs than garantano harrison bailey is more accurate um and better pocket presence than Garantano. But the decision making, the knowledge of the offense is what's not there. It's what they can't they don't have yet, which is why they haven't played. And, you know, JT Stroud didn't even travel. So that tells you right there where Jeremy puts him. He's fourth string quarterback. He tried to say it was oh, we just tried to figure out our seventy man roster and Didn't know exactly who we are going to bring. Whatever. That man's a four-string quarterback. He's not going to be the one playing anymore. He missed his opportunity uh, versus Kentucky. So I think the writing's on the wall now for Garantano, what he can do, what he is, and what these quarterbacks can do. Their ceiling is a lot higher than Garantano's. Both Maurer and Bailey's ceilings are a lot higher. They just have to start understanding the game more, understanding the offense more. There's, You can't have those mental errors of, of just like running out of the pocket, freaking out when you had perfect protection, or just doing dump-offs when you barely have any time on the clock. That like, As a quarterback, you're the one who needs to lead and, and be able to... <laughs> take the team down the field so they're not quite ready mentally which is why they haven't been playing going forward i would like to see more out of them now i have no idea what garantano's injury is is a concussion anything like that but this season it doesn't look very good i think coach Pruitt wanted to win now and thought you know Garantano's is our best chance to win now after this it's time to say hey let's win later let's build so that we can win later let's get the quarterback of our future ready whoever that might be if it's mauer if it's bailey but let's get them ready to win they need experience under their belt to where they feel comfortable back there to where they're not making those dumb decisions that they made this game. They need more experience. So let's get them ready for the future. The future can be bright if, you know, Mauer or Bailey plays the rest of the season and they show sparks, they sh- they show what they can do. I mean, honestly, if you put Mauer back there, we run some more quarterback options. Zone read, quarterback counter, anything like that, where we use his legs a little bit more. Some quarterback draws, make him, maybe that makes him a little more comfortable. You put Bailey back there, you, you know, maybe coached, overcoach him to where you're giving him advice as he goes throughout the game and just like make it to where he starts to understand a little bit better. I mean, the jump from high school to college is a big one. So just making him understand a little bit better can set us up for next year to win a lot of games. This year doesn't count towards eligibility. It's great. It makes it to where it is a free year to really try things out and grow your team. So let's do that then. Let's grow the team. Let's make them better for the future. I just think Garantano's time is done. We need to just figure out the next quarterback. That's what we need to do with these last four games is figure out who is our guy going forward. We also need to figure out what's going on with the defense. They play great in the first half. They're flying all over the field. They're keeping contained. They're doing what they're supposed to do with their assignments and then they fall apart in the second half. I don't understand. I mean, is it the mental errors? Is it the coaching? But something needs to change. I just feel like we run so much man coverage, but we don't have the guys to do that. We don't have the ball-out corners, lockdown corners. You're acting like you got Darrell Revis out there. At corner, we can just man up someone every play. we run so much man. Running man coverage for a corner is exhausting. And you do it almost every play. And You know, there was times where the big plays, like in the post-game press conference, Jeremy Pruitt was saying, oh, you know, on those big pass plays, you're supposed to have safety help. Da, da, da. You had one high safety. It is very tough for one person to cover the entire field. So... It's not going to be double coverage it's going to be man single coverage with a little bit of late help you're going to get beat doing that you got to try and use more zone i mean it doesn't make sense to me And, and the way we line up it is obviously man coverage when they people motion and shift our guys follow them across the field we're literally telling the offense exactly what we're doing, letting them know exactly what we're doing, not disguising it at all. We barely disguise our blitzes anymore. The guys start coming up to the line of scrimmage before the ball is snapped, and it's easy to see. I just don't understand. it. I don't know who is telling the linebackers to line up exactly head up over the tight end and over the running back wherever they might be in man coverage. Because it takes them out of their run lanes. They can't play the run if they're out of position. If you are head up over the running back and they run the ball the opposite way of the running back, you are out of position to make that tackle on the other side of the line. That literally happened in the game. We had two linebackers on the left side and they ran it right and picked up 25 yards because there was no one over there easy pickings for the offensive line i would love it if a linebacker lined up backside of a run play it makes it so much easier so i don't understand like the coaching aspect of that why would you why would you have them line up like that you're giving away everything first second you're getting out of position by lining up that way so it's just something that needs to be fixed. I mean, we can't do the same thing. You cannot do the same thing and expect different results. It's, that is insanity, the definition of it. So we have to change it up. We can't be running man coverage all the time. We have to start using more zone. We have to start running more games as a defensive line. We, we all of a sudden started running games in the fourth quarter as a defensive line and got three sacks. What, where did that come from? Why were we not able to do that before? I don't understand why it only comes in spurts. Why do you just get road graded and get no uh, pass rush, no pressure on the quarterback for a whole quarter and a half, and then all of a sudden have three sacks in the fourth quarter? What? What, what is happening? Play 100% all the time. I'm sure it's not all only X's and O's. Sometimes it's the Jimmys and the Joes. It's the guys out there actually playing, doing the right thing, putting their hands where they're supposed to, putting their feet in the right position, get, getting the right leverage on the offensive linemen as as defensive linemen. Sometimes a coach can't go out there and do it for them. They have to do it themselves. A lot of guys fail at that. They don't actually execute their techniques that they're taught. They might be taught a thousand times over and over and over and over at practice but they don't do it in a the game they don't bring it to fruition they don't actually perform what they're supposed to in the game and got and not a beat i just I, I don't know man it's crazy in the second half of these last four games we have been outscored 88 to 7 What? 88-7? to Whatever, the Atlanta Falcons? What is happening? Jeremy Pruitt maybe felt better saying, oh, I'm going to fire the defensive line coach. That'll be a change that will put us in the right direction. That's not it, bud. It ain't it. I don't know what you got to do out there. I am no expert on how to adjust the mindset of people, but... They need to understand that they're underperforming. That some decision-making is not the best. Maybe reach out. Get some advice from people. You were a coach under arguably the best college coach in the history of the NCAA, Nick Saban. Why don't you call him up? He knows he's not going to play this year. Ask him for his advice. See what he has to say. He does a great job. Maybe he's got some pointers for you. He's already played you. He doesn't have to worry about you for another 10 months. Go out there and and, and see. Maybe he'll help you out. Get in that group text you got with uh, Lane Kiffin and, and and Kirby Smart and all the you know Alabama alum. See what they have to say. Because there's just some things you're missing. It, it's it's going over your head. You're not quite understanding what's going on. And I, like I said last week, it's tough. You're a first-year head coach. Or first-time head coach. Sorry. It's a tough learning curve. You know, you probably should have just tried to be a head coach in the Big Ten. They keep their coaches on for decades without doing anything. <laughs> But in the SEC it's three and out. You know, if if you if you don't make it in three years, you're out of here, which is a sad truth, but it's just the way it is. I hope you stay on. I want you to stay on. I think you're a good fit for us. I think you just have to really self reflect and see what decisions you can make to further the program. And that's it. Need to put more time in. It's not all about the X's and O's. I know you're one of those coaches. You love watching film. It Sometimes it's not about that. It's not about the film. It's about how are you motivating these guys? How are you getting them prepared to play? How are you recruiting? And what are the decisions you're making out there? Are you kicking those field goals? Are you calling timeouts at the right time? are you using the right people out there that has that's not x's and o's that's not film study that's not understanding what tactics you can use as a defensive coach that's understanding the game more that is understanding 18 to 22 year olds more their psyches i think that's the toughest part about being a head coach is understanding those aspects because you've been trying to understand football your entire life now you have to understand people as a head coach you're not coaching much anymore you're 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 teaching it's it's different you're motivating you're judging people's character and their skill set it's not all about coaching now so that jump from being a coordinator to being a head coach is a big one it's a big leap And sometimes you might need advice. Sometimes you might need someone to help you through the process. And that's no shot on you. It's just sometimes you need help. So let's bring it together. Let's make some needed changes. Like I said, bringing in the other quarterbacks, helping the defense understand where they went wrong and how offenses are trying to attack them and push forward. Finish the season strong. If you beat Florida, I'm good. I'm good with you losing five games. Five. We'll say five because you better beat Vandy. And you should beat Auburn. But if you beat Florida, I'm okay with that. But we need, to, we need to be better. Have to be better. Have to turn this around. Have to really lock down on Mond this coming weekend versus Texas A M. and Be able to spy on him. He's a mobile quarterback. Also, watch for Watermeyer. He's just like Pitts in the fact that if he's not making the touchdown, he's not catching the pass. He's setting it up. He's a decoy. Um, He's able to block really well. He's a pure tight end. He's a better tight end than Pitts is. Pitts is a better wide receiver than Watermeyer. But, it's all about us. It's all about concentrating on us, uh, what we can do better, not necessarily what Texas a can do better or worse or understanding their scheme. We need to protect the ball. We need to get the fumbles when we actually cause them, get those turnovers, and just play more sound offense and defense, more assignment-heavy offense and defense, understanding exactly what we need to do the exact techniques that we need no mental errors if we concentrate on ourselves we better ourselves we're going to be okay i appreciate you guys coming out i appreciate you listening to the podcast please rate and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts spotify apple pod google podcasts wherever podcasts are available i'm on there also follow me on social media kyler Kurbison on twitter facebook instagram And I will talk to you guys next week. As always, go Vols!